my greatest solace and my greatest source of healing, true mental and emotional healing came from nature. Hey you, you're listening to Not Yet, the podcast about our relationships and how they're the keys to our self-discovery. I'm your host, Paige Polk. I'm a community builder and Emmy award-winning digital media artist, channeling the powers of introspection. You're in the right place if you're mindful about the world you create and believe it's possible for us all to belong. I'm so grateful you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Not Yet Podcast. I am so grateful you're here and I'm here with a very special guest and a very special person, a very special nature lover. Her name is Kay Rodriguez. Hey, Kay. Hi. Kay and I go way back. <laughs> way back. I remember when you were doing Fresh Pens of Bel Air spinoffs in your dorm room. Yeah. <laughs> Anything to win a free trip. I, I any any contest, anything that involved free travel, I was doing that thing. So, <laughs> absolutely, Kay has been about exploring the world and exploring the world around us for a long time, and has now built a community around doing just that. Kay Rodriguez is the founder and CEO of Urban Outdoors, an online content and community hub geared at getting city dwellers outdoors. After launching the company in 2019, Kay traveled the United States in a self-converted camper van, discovering the incredible healing power of the outdoors as she went. Today, she lives in the Washington, D.C. metro area with her two dogs, Rory and Stella, and still makes getting outdoors a daily priority. Me. <laughs> That's me. That's you. How does it feel to hear that spoken back to you? Oh, wow. Um, a little surreal. Uh, we, this past year has sort of been the first time that I've engaged with people about the urban outdoors idea. And every time I hear somebody talking about it, that's, that's not me. It always just feels a little bit, a little bit surreal, kind of like a dream in a way. <laughs> so you're living your dream. Absolutely. Every day. That's so wonderful. So you're building this company and this community around something that you love. Can you tell me and the Not Yet community a little bit more about Kay Rodriguez? Who is Kay Rodriguez? Yeah, of course. Um, I was born in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains in Lynchburg, Virginia, to two Filipino immigrant parents. They both came to the U.S. for education. Um, my mom as a younger child and my father for his master's degree in engineering. And so growing up in the Blue Ridge to... Um, to parents who maybe didn't prioritize the outdoors quite as much as some other folks may have was a really interesting experience because I could always see the mountains and the creek in my backyard and the trees surrounding me um, with very childlike wonder. But I didn't go camping until I was 22 years old. So um, it, nature has always been there in my life, but I hadn't fully embraced it until adulthood. Um, so growing up, again, my parents came to the U.S. for education. And so that was the biggest priority for us, my sister and I, um, growing up in Virginia, first in Lynchburg, and then 
later on in Fredericksburg and Richmond. Um, we dove headfirst into science fairs and um, SAT prep, violin lessons, piano lessons, um, gymnastics. Uh, and I, I'm so thankful for all of those activities because they led me to actually where I met Paige um, at Rice University where I really felt like I was in a position to explore some of the interests that didn't seem very aligned with academics previously um, back in my grade school days. And so as Paige alluded to earlier in our conversation, we, um, well, we met early in our days at Rice. Um, and at that time, I was super, super excited about international travel. I mean, every chance that I could get, I was hopping on a plane or a bus or applying for some scholarship competition, you name it, to get myself traveling to the ends of the earth. And I spent many many months, many years doing that. I took two full gap years to travel internationally, um, one right after college between college and working full-time, and then one between two different jobs that I worked in previously. And during that time, I started to realize that the things that I liked to do while traveling revolved around the outdoors. I liked to do my multi-day hikes. I liked to camp. I liked to um, ride horses. I liked to visit stunning, beautiful landscapes and photograph them. And during this process of self-realization, I, I noticed that my strongest connections and my strongest memories were always surrounding nature. And so like I said, I didn't really start hiking or camping or any of that until I was an adult. And so I decided to lean fully into that um, as I started to put together my ideas for Urban Outdoors. Urban Outdoors started while I was living in Chicago. I'd recently come back from one of my gap year trips and I was feeling really in a funk when I was living in Chicago. It was starting to get darker. It was the fall. I was living in a high-rise apartment, which was beautiful and had a great view, but I was really craving that nature and those landscapes and that quiet that only being in the middle of a forest on a trail can really bring. And so I got in the car and I decided to check out all of the local parks, state parks, the nearby national park, nature preserves, Anywhere where I could find trees and potential wildlife, I went there. And what I learned from that process is actually when I came to Chicago, people told me, oh, there's nothing really to do in Chicago that's outdoorsy. And I realized that that just wasn't true. And that was a misconception that a lot of people in Chicago have because of the uh, because of cultural boundaries surrounding what it means to be outdoorsy. And so with Urban Outdoors, which was previously Skyline Adventure, um, I decided to flip that script on its head. And I wanted to do that by arming people with knowledge and tools that they needed to go outside in their local environment. So instead of this idea that, oh, I live in Chicago, I need to fly to California to go to some national parks, and then I'll be outdoorsy, that you can actually just hop in your car, rent a car, even by train in some cases, you can get to the nearest park, hop on a trail, and you're also just as outdoorsy. 
Um, so since its inception, um, like you mentioned, Paige, since its inception in 2019, we've built a very strong community around this idea of getting outdoors in urban environments, particularly in the top metropolitan areas in the U.S. and Canada. And to this day, um, our monthly audience is anywhere from 170,000 to 200,000 unique readers per month. So we're slowly but steadily growing our presence, and I'm hoping that this year will bring even more growth to the urban outdoors community. Yeah, here's to 2022. I'm calling on all that abundance everywhere. Yeah, I'm hoping for it. And, you know, as I think about what I'd like to manifest this year, um, I, I'm really trying to lean into embodying those things myself every single day and everything that I do. So, yeah, I love what you said about rethinking Culturally, the idea of being quote unquote outdoorsy, the United States does have some beautiful national parks, don't get me wrong. And if you want to go to Yellowstone, if you want to go look at a, a beautiful mountaintop, if you want to go into a, a national rainforest, absolutely, you should, do, you should definitely go do that. And also, what happens when we build a relationship with the nature that's right outside where we live? Yeah. Yeah. I heard this really surprising stat a couple of years ago that only about 18% of Americans get outside at least once a week. And of course that's self-reported. You could argue all of the methodologies used to gather that data. But the the point of the matter is that's less than one in five people who self-reports that they get outside once a week. Given how healing and how wonderful both physically and mentally being in nature can be, that number really shook me. And I, this was in the early days of urban outdoors, and I decided to really center our goals around that. And for now, our our biggest goal is to increase that percentage of people to get 20 and then 30 and then hopefully 50 or closer to 100% of people getting outside every single week to enjoy this free, beautiful, natural resource that we are all entitled to participate in. Yeah, nature's everywhere. It's absolutely everywhere. I definitely resonated with what you were sharing about when you were in Chicago and you were living in this high-rise apartment and had a gorgeous view and there was something missing. Like there was an ache, a longing that you had for those moments of peace and resonance that you had when you were abroad. And really realizing that it wasn't necessarily going to the other side of the world that you miss, even though that was definitely a lot of adventure, it was being in a relationship with being outside and being with what nature brings and and nature exists absolutely everywhere. Yeah. 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 I, um, when I was living in New York, I had little to no relationship with nature. You know, you're lucky if you find a tree (laughs) in the city, except if you go to Central Park, which is a giant rectangle full of trees. But I was living in Brooklyn at the time, so I wasn't going to (laughs) go to Central Park. And I grew up in the suburbs where everything is paved in concrete and siding and vinyl and... I mean, I knew from, I, I remember in, in second grade, second or third grade, we had this science 
experiment. I say it's an experiment, but it's literally just the circle of life where our science teacher gave us grass seeds and we planted grass seeds in a little plastic cup with dirt in it and we would water mm-hmm. it. I think a couple of times a week. And I remember being so amazed <laughs> that seeds could turn into plants. And I took it home. And I was like, mom, did you know <laughs> this is how grass comes? And she, she was laughing because of course she knew, but there's something so magical about the way that nature just works with one another. Trees have these incredibly complex root systems that just entangle and hug one another and they share nutrients and they can talk to each other and they can say, hey, there's a storm coming. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Nature is wild. I mean, don't even get me started on plants. Like, that is a whole different thing. But I, I think that it's just so... First of all, I think we're we don't understand a lot about nature and that's what makes it so exciting is that because we don't understand a lot, we are both physically and sort of spiritually and mentally small compared to nature and compared to the breadth of things that we still have to learn about it. Um, And that's what makes it so interesting and such an, such a complex, abundant thing to explore and to immerse yourself in. What do you think experiencing the outdoors has done for you in your life, bringing it into your life regularly? Great question. I think that, well, let me rewind a little bit and share one last part of the story that's really critical to answering this question. Um, So a couple of years ago, back when I was living in Chicago, I suffered from a very severe mental health situation. Um, I found myself extremely depressed, largely from the same type of environment that led me to start this company. I was feeling very enclosed. I was feeling very trapped. Um, I felt like something was missing in my life and I felt very alone. And as winter started to approach and for those of you listening who have never been to Chicago as winter is closing in on the city, it is a very depressing time. Um, and so the day started to get shorter. It started to get darker. My, my walking commute started to get colder and I just felt so isolated and alone. And so in December of 2019, I was very close to taking my own life and ended up in the hospital for about two weeks, um, suffering and recovering from this massive depressive episode that was nearly lethal to me. And I say all of this because at this time I'd been out in nature, I'd gone out on hikes and things like that while traveling, but I also was not part of the 18% of people who got outside every single week. And As I was recovering from that situation and as I was going through treatment programs and taking the medication that I needed to feel better and to be a contributing person in society, I also found that 
my greatest solace and my greatest source of healing, true mental and emotional healing came from nature. And I remember as spring started to, um, to warm the air in Chicago and as the pandemic started to shut things down in early 2020, I would take my hammock to the park down the street in Chicago, hang it between two trees, bundle myself up in blankets and just sit there and read books and cuddle my dog (laughs) just to be outside and to listen to the sounds of the highway nearby and watch people walking their dogs and, and breathe frosty chilled air and just getting outside of the house and putting my hammock up and being amongst the trees and the grass, even if it was just this tiny quadrant of space in the middle of Chicago's concrete gridlock was incredibly healing for me. It it became almost addictive in a way. I was outside all the time, whether it was hanging my hammock and taking a nap, or if it was going to Lincoln Park and looking for four-leaf clovers all day. Um, I was just out in the parks in inside of Chicago, not even any car ride away, um, almost every single day as I was recovering. And I don't think that I would have recovered as quickly or as, as, as strong as I did without that consistent source of joy and healing and solace and quiet that nature, even nature in the middle of the city provided for me. After I moved into the van, I was outside all the time, every single day. I I lived outside. I just slept in the van. Um, I hiked every single day with my dogs. We went and drove miles and miles around some of the most beautiful parts of the U.S. Um, And I also learned many new skills that helped me grow as a person and develop some grit in my life. Um, What I was thinking most about here is snowboarding. Um, When I learned to snowboard, and for those of you listening, and you, for those of you listening who do know how to snowboard, you probably um, are going to laugh at this, but when you're learning to snowboard, you fall a lot. You fall. Yes. <laughs> you, fall on bed, you fall on muscles that you've never, um, that you never knew existed. You fall and you hit something that you didn't think you would hit while you're in a snowboard. Like whatever it is, you're just falling all over the place. And I think it really made me, it, it made me realize that, yeah, in order to snowboard, you just have to be okay with falling and be okay with tumbling down and watching some six-year-old like smoke you, like as you're sitting on your butt, like shedding a tear for the 25th time that you fell. And I think that just develops a certain type of grit and a certain type of strength that not very many other activities have given me. And so I think This whole holistic view of the consistency of getting outside regularly, the challenge of taking on new sports and new activities and learning them and growing in them and facing the challenges of them. Um, And also just learning how to fall and wipe yourself off and get back up and do it again. I think those were some of the most transformative lessons that nature gave me and continues to give me every single day now. Thank you so much for sharing that. I feel so, 
I don't even know how to describe it. I feel so, I feel so appreciative that you're so open and you're so kind and generous with your story. And it makes even more sense to me why you're so good at this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Paige. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that I don't think that this whole idea is as powerful without the true full story. And I'm always happy to share it because I know other people go through it too. And whether or not it gets as bad as it did with me doesn't matter. It's just the fact that there are so many people who suffer from mental and emotional crisis that don't have an outlet like I found in nature. And it may not be for everyone. I have yet to find a person that nature does not heal or, <laughs> or love generously, but um, I hate trees. <laughs> I, I'm open to the possibility that that person may exist. Um, but I do think that it's worth, even just for the mindfulness respect of it, like I do think that it's worth getting outside regularly for every single person alive. Yeah, target audience is alive. <laughs> well, you shared you shared a beautiful story about what being outside has meant to you. Can you share a little bit more about what it's like to build a business around something that is so personal for you? Absolutely. For me, it's never really been a question of building a business or having a career that was passion oriented. I knew from my very early rice days that I had things that I absolutely loved and I was going to do anything that it took to make those things um, into a business or into a career that pushed me and that challenged me. Um, And I, I'm sure Paige will laugh at this a little bit, but I was starting blog, after business, after whatever, all throughout college. Um, Usually in the beginning, it was typically- They're so fun to follow, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, And they, but they were all about adventuring and all about getting, getting yourself out the door. And I don't think that that has changed one bit since the first inkling of, wow, I really think that I can make a living from helping to get other people to do the things that I do. Um, And so it took a lot of ideas though. It took a lot of failures. It took a lot of blogs and ideas and um, really pushing on certain ideas that failed for me to realize what what idea was going to stick and what that would look like. And so when I thought of, well, actually in my most recent endeavor in the travel industry, I created a little bit of content around Washington, D.C. as a travel destination. And what I learned is that a lot of people who come to D.C. are looking for content specifically around things they can do outside. Now, whether or not that's because outdoor things are typically free and D.C. is an expensive place to be, or because they want to get outside, I'm not sure. But I did notice in my travel career that Um, outdoor focused travel was starting to grow. And so I thought of this idea as a spinoff from that, um, basically taking this idea that, okay, if you're in a city, whether visiting or a local, you can find hikes to do, you can find bike trails, you can find waterways to paddle in, 
etc. And I, as with any business, I started it off as a pilot. So I said, okay, I've lived in Houston, Chicago, and DC. I will create content on this website for those three cities in a couple of very specific verticals, um, hiking being one of them, kayaking being another one, um, rock climbing, and snow sports were my original four. And I just created content, a mixture of research and personal investigation and personal experiences that I'd already had and threw them on the internet, just put them up with some pictures that I took and decided to treat it as an experiment. And within the first three months, we had over 10,000 visitors per month coming to the site. And I said, okay, if there's 10,000 people coming to the site for these 12 articles, 15 articles, then I think we're on to something here. And so I hired my first writer and put ads on the site um, as a way to just generate the initial revenue to our company. And we just started cranking out content on all the cities that we've been to, all the cities that we knew people in, all of the cities that we felt needed more information about the outdoors. And again, we took this very triangulated approach between online research, in-person research, and then personal testimony, either from our own experiences or from friends or loved ones that we had in those cities. And we created our guides based on what we thought a person, any person living in that city who wasn't familiar with the outdoors might want to know before they go and have their first adventure. So that's kind of how it started. By the end of 2020, we were at hundreds of thousands of people per month coming to the site and our social media. And so I hired a couple more writers. I hired a marketing manager. And uh, since then, our team has been growing. So um, last year was, I think, I would say 2021 was probably our year of momentum. We finally had what we needed in place to create the content that we wanted to have. We had enough readers to listen to their feedback and incorporate that into what we were already creating. We were finally able to go to in-person events where we could meet other people in the industry and validate our ideas with sort of industry veterans. And we were finally in a place financially where we could continue to invest in areas that made a lot of sense for us. So we did a couple of in-person events. We visited a few trial locations to create content specifically about those. Um, we did a few campaigns with tourism boards and with organizations um, to cover their region. Yeah. So things kind of went crazy last year. Um, and it was really cool because as the company was growing, my, our team and my sort of influence as a leader in the specific niche of outdoors in cities um, also developed. So I was able to speak at a few conferences about this topic. I got to speak at sessions about diversity, equity, and inclusion because City dwellers aren't homogenous. Cities are the most diverse and um, and varied populations in the United States. And while we think that we target cities well as, as an industry, as the outdoor industry, we actually don't. Um, there are there are some of the largest metropolitan areas of the country that have been completely neglected by the industry. And I think it's it's our turn 
to really show this industry as a whole, but also individual brands, companies, media, organizations, creators, that cities are where the biggest growth is going to happen in this industry, especially given the pandemic now. So moving into 2022, we're really leaning into this. We're, we're leaning even more into our niche of being the experts on outdoor adventures in urban environments. We are going to continue to create content. We're adding a few verticals this year, namely cycling and trail running, because we've gotten a lot of people asking about those things. Um, and so we're specifically doing specifically going to cover those in addition to our other verticals. Um, And we're also going to be creating a couple of different opportunities for our community members to connect with each other. I don't want this to just be us spitting out information to people and them taking it and running away with it. I want this to be a dialogue and I want people to feel like they have a say in developing this culture of being outdoorsy and what being outdoorsy means and how that differs from being an athlete or how that differs from being um, what we would historically have thought as an outdoorsy person. Yeah, I know that when I think about being outdoors and community, I instinctually think of meetup groups because that's just how I've, when I've moved around, those have been the spaces where I get to find new friends and people who are interested in being outside. And I'm curious about your approach to building a community as well as building a resource. How do you sort of balance the different needs of, of the two when you're, when you're building urban outdoors? Yeah, I have been thinking about this question a lot lately because community is the question right now in the world, probably. We've been isolated for two years. People were already feeling isolated because of the rise of social media. How can we create community again in a way that doesn't feel manufactured? And um, I wish I had all the answers to that. (laughs) I would love to meet the person who does. So if that's any of you, please give me a call. (laughs) Um, But what I would say from my perspective is really, really listening. Um, There are so many instances that I've seen throughout my career in consulting and working for large organizations where the answer would have been very evident had we just given people the forum to state their opinion. And that exists on social media. But even so, there are a lot of situations on social media where people don't feel comfortable sharing their true opinion or sharing who they truly are or what's truly going on with them. Because um, people want to sugarcoat things on social media. They want to look good. They want all their friends and family to think that they're doing the best. When in reality, that may be very far from the case. So we have first started this whole community building exercise by listening to our people and figuring out what they are asking for. And a lot of times I probably get one email a day, if not more, from a reader who says, could you please point me in the direction of a hiking group in this city? Or could you tell me any family groups that I can join in this city? Or I'd like to learn how to ski. Do you know of any beginner ski organizations in this place, et cetera? And what that tells me as a leader is that 
people still don't really feel like they know where to go to find these things um, in a very constructive way. And so what we're hoping to do is take that feedback from them and say, and provide a home for those conversations specifically around the outdoors. And I think what, what differs from some of the other community platforms like meetup, Facebook groups, et cetera, is just this very specific, again, this very specific niche that we target. It's people who are unfamiliar with the outdoors or who haven't been outside in a long time, who are feeling anxious and feeling apprehensive about going outside by themselves. So they clearly don't feel like they have the forum to say that. We are really hoping to foster that kind of conversation through, not only through a platform to do that and to have those conversations, but also by doing things that are a little bit more holistically engaging, like featuring some of our readers in our newsletter that goes out to tens of thousands of people every week by um, making, by asking a lot of questions, by allowing people to respond to our questions, both publicly and privately, AKA like in a survey type of setting. Um, And really just putting our ear to the ground and figuring out what people feel like they don't have. for now, our our sort of baseline product in the community space will just be an an opportunity to join a destination um, community, and that will include being able to connect with others within that destination, being able to converse with others within that destination, um, and also being able to um, sort of like and save and share experiences about specific hikes or specific paddling trips, et cetera, that they did so that other people can see it. And through that, I'm hoping that we can, again, continue to keep our ear on the ground and see what people like, what they don't like, and build this with them, with our readers and our users. It sounds like you're very clear about who you're trying to serve with this project. Like you want to speak specifically to people who are living in the city, who want to get outside, who might not know where to go, who might be feeling apprehensive or anxious about the process because it could be overwhelming. There's a ton of information out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and also people are just trying to have fun. It seems like it's more of a recreational approach rather than extreme sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think the outdoor industry has felt like an inaccessible space for a lot of people who aren't athletic or who aren't super extreme. And who is to say that climbing to the summit of a 14er isn't the same as climbing to the summit of your local hill and seeing a beautiful view of your city? (laughs) Shrug. (laughs) (laughs) Who's to say? you're definitely helping city dwellers around the country around the are you specifically focusing on the u.s right u.s and canada yeah u.s and canada for now yeah for now (laughs) we may have some other destinations brewing but oh exciting Uh, so you're helping folks get outside you're helping folks do it with ease and you're helping folks do it with community what is the thing that you want people to leave with after interacting with urban outdoors? Wow. 
I'm a little speechless, not because I don't have an answer to the question, but because I was just thinking about what I would have wanted to have left with had I been a reader. And I think all in all, I would love to be a source of, I would love for Urban Outdoors to be a source of comfort for everyone who wants to get outside. I want them to feel comfortable in the outdoors. I could go on and on about what that means, but I think that's probably the bottom line is that is quelling those fears and quelling that anxiety and providing comfort and connection in in natural spaces. I think that's beautiful. Can you share one practice that's helping you discover who you are in this chapter of your life? Yes. I would say that my favorite practice for self-discovery today is a practice that I like to call dabbling. And I think that dabbling is one of the most powerful educational tools and one of the best kept secrets of, of doing awesome things in life. Um, and this, this is saving space for myself to explore interests other than my work or my personal responsibilities. And so right now I'm in the middle of a big houseplant mania, so to speak, um, because plants are incredible. And I think it's so cool how you can cut off part of a plant and put it in water and it will grow roots and you have a new plant. And that idea that you could grow plants from themselves really like took me by surprise and like gave me a lot of really awesome feels. And so I decided, Hey, I'm just going to go buy some house plants. I'm going to chop them up. I'm going to put them in water. I'm going to propagate them and I'm going to give them away to my friends. And that's going to be that 40 house plants later, here I am in Washington, DC. My window is totally full of house plants. Um, but I allowed myself the space, a little bit of budget, lots of time to just explore that particular hobby for no reason other than to just enjoy it and to have some green things in my house that make me happy. Um, during the pandemic, another example was um, I did a lot of crocheting. I actually, hilariously not enough, do have a hat that I crocheted on my desk. So I'll put it on really quick. That's um, amazing. <laughs> so I just bought a bunch of yarn. I learned, I found a pattern online. I learned how to crochet some hats and I gave away hats to my friends. Um, and so crocheting was great because it's such a mindfulness exercise. It's just the same patterned motions over and over and over again. And when you're doing a hat, it'll take an hour, but I also appreciate a couple of blankets and those took weeks. And so it was just deliberate and consistent time dedication to crocheting that, um, put my mind at ease, gave me something else to think about or nothing to think about. Um, and so that's all to say, I think, Having time set aside so that you can simply dabble in something totally off the cuff or something you've always been interested in, but never really, never really put a line in the sand and said, I'm going to just do it. I'm just going to try it. Um, I think at this point in my life, that time is really special to me and really important to me. And I learn things from all of these random activities that I can apply 
back to my personal life, my career, my friendships, my relationships. And I will always have some sort of weird hobby going on. That's never going to stop. So <laughs> dabbling sounds an awful lot like making room for joy. Yeah, absolutely. And challenge and frustration sometimes, but it's all in good fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Okay. Can you tell us where we can find you and Urban Outdoors on the internet? Yeah. So you can find Urban Outdoors at urbanoutdoors.com. Um, and we're also on social media at um, Urban Outdoors on Instagram or Urban underscore Outdoors on TikTok. Um, so you can find us at any of those places. If you want to reach me, you can shoot me an email. I'm just K K A Y at urbanoutdoors.com or you can um, follow me on Instagram. I have my own personal account where I love to chat with people and that is at K goes outside. So come find me, come chat. I love to talk all things outdoors, house plants, dogs, what mental health, whatever it is. Let's be friends. I would love to hear your stories as well. Uh, thank you so much, Kay. This has been a delightful experience. Thank you, Paige. I was so excited when you invited me on and I'm so happy we had to have, we got to have this conversation. Yeah, for sure. And I'm looking forward to uh, all your future speaking engagements because Kay is also a public speaker. So <laughs> hop in her inbox. If you want her to speak at your next conference or outdoorsy panel, she's ready, clearly. I'm available. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Not Yet. The podcast is hosted by me, Paige Polk, and produced by Paige Polk International. The show art is made by Elizabeth Olguin, and the music is by Elder. Don't forget to subscribe here. And if you want more of this love in your life, visit notyetseries.com to join the Not Yet Project and community. I'll see you next week.